0: hello welcome to relatable this is your host Teresa freeman in this next episode we talk with shanna gray of gate logic i have the privilege to talk with so many wonderful people on this podcast and shanna is no exception this next conversation is absolutely one of my favorites shanna's story borders on the unbelievable and the impossible she overcame great adversity and her perseverance is admirable shanna shares stories of being a single mom of five losing her job abruptly and a call that changed her trajectory to owning her own successful company for nine years and running. After discussing her personal journey, we dig into some great topics like what she's looking for when recruiting, the power of being direct with employees when giving people constructive feedback, and how hard work and doing a good job is priority one, as well as communication skills. We cover it all. Enjoy this episode. So, um, thank you so much for uh, for joining us and for offering your time. I know you have a lot going on. I love that you're wearing green. I had a green sweater on, but um, I got too hot. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I have a
1: commitment, and today <laughs> was going to get up to sixty. I'm like, can I pull that off all day? But I, <laughs> I definitely have a layer in the back if I need.
0: <laughs> um, so I got. I think I have green blood, right? People talk about like they bleed orange for Syracuse. I think I. <laughs> I'm bleed green, um, but I appreciate your time. I'd love to hear a little bit about your business. Maybe we start there. Just t- tell me a little bit about being an entrepreneur and, and owning your own business and, and what y'all do and what that's like. Maybe we start there.
1: So we are, I just love work, which I know a lot of people can't say that, but um, I love what we do. It's so unique. Uh, we do physical perimeter security. Okay. So we do automatic gates. We do the access controls and we'll do cameras for our customers. Um, it's not something we really market ourselves for because everybody does cameras, it seems like right now. But our real niche is automatic gates and the automation of bollards, barriers, things like that, that protect people, data, property, those
0: things. So you do both commercial and residential? Is it? We do.
1: And um, the residential that we do ends up being more like a VIP kind of yeah. people that are really high profile and things right. like that, where they actually need that security. We do have a couple of people that are willing to pay for it that just like to put in tons and tons of landscaping and want to keep deer out and things like that. So um, it's interesting.
0: Yeah. The
1: customers and the clients we get.
0: And how did you, like like to your point around it being somewhat niche and a unique industry, how did you become familiar? Is this something that like was in your family or, or how did you... Uh, So
1: I was actually a stay-at-home mom for about 10 years. And my only working experience was for a nonprofit lobbying firm. And when my life kind of fell to crap, for lack of better (laughs) words, I had to pick up and figure out what to do. So I went to work just for a couple hours a day, answering phones and helping administratively for a company that does what we do. Um, And very quickly, like within three months, I was their operations manager. So it went from just being a couple hours a day to try to figure out what I was gonna do to I was just running the operations and the schedule and everything
0: there. What do you think clicked so quickly for you in terms of, to your point around just uh, moving up quickly or that moving into that operations manager, or like what was it that clicked or made that work so well for you, do you think?
1: So I had a bunch of kids. I was, um, I, and I had just become a single mom with five kids. And so you have five kids and you're basically running a small organization. Anyway, you're a CFO, you're a CEO, you make everything happen. So when you can keep all of the, you have this instrument that day, you need this thing for that. You take your lunch, you buy your lunch, you know, and you're just. You have resonant knowledge and you're able to communicate well you're able to advocate for yourself and each of these little humans so i think it just translated honestly and you constantly think about cost on top of that so if you're gonna go here how much are you gonna need and then you know what is and so it was just kind of a it was just such a natural transition into not just i think for them my value was not only being able to keep it all together and communicate to clients well and manage their expectations and emotions quite honestly because security is very emotional Mm. and so i'm i was able to do that but also totally advocate for the business too i was able to make it win for our team members and for the business and that i think became very clear pretty quickly
0: wow i love that so one of the things i talk a lot about on here is once you find your your interest or your passion or your strengths, you know, it doesn't really feel like work anymore. Like you start mm-hmm. to really kind of move and have momentum in a way that is different when you're, I think, in a space that maybe isn't quite right or isn't the right match. You know, you start to mm-hmm. like, you can really feel a difference when you're doing something that's like connected and, and you're good at it. It just makes it easy, right? Right. <laughs> So I, you alluded to it, but I'm definitely interested in, in your journey to this point. I think I understand that it was not entirely easy. And I, you know, part of the, I think Missy's maybe chatted with you about it, but a real cornerstone for this podcast and our show is for people to hear about, you know, challenges and difficulties and to hopefully get some inspiration or even learn from from you and from others around how they've navigated that. So... Maybe just talk a little bit about, you know, your path to this point and and what what that was like.
1: I love that you're doing that because I think uh, it's just so powerful. No one's going to walk through this life without crisis and no one's going to walk through this life without being hit in the forehead with a two by four and having (laughs) to redirect. Right. So realizing that that's a good thing, a lot of the times it's a huge blessing that comes, um, even though it may leave a mark. It's a really good thing and it makes us stronger. It's interesting that I can say that now because I'm not sure that I would have been able to before. But so there were kind of two pivotal points in my in my life, kind of career, speaking about the business more, is one that just got me launched into the field and into the industry, which was a divorce. Um, I had to figure out how to feed and protect and provide overnight. I was mom and dad. And so I went to work and I found this place and I thrived. Mm-hmm. And the second kind of collapse um or really hard thing was i walked in one day and lost my job there and that was wow. really hard because i felt like i had been taking care of part of what i do and what i love to do in my business some growing people it's not just about a gate a gate is this the effect that has to do with the growing these people and not letting them just sit if they're not growing then they've outgrown their position here Right. And so it was hard for me because it was those people like I was making sure they had hours. I was making sure I was taking care of their families. It was very personal to me. And it was a shock. And to add insult to injury, my ex-husband hadn't been doing what he, he needed to do. And it was the so I was let go on a Thursday. The very next day was court and the judge had given him his last warning and he was ready to put him in jail. And I had to go with my tail between my legs and say, I know we both want this. But on the off chance he helps me in the next couple months, I need it. Mm-hmm. And I hated doing that. That was very difficult. So I went out to my car and I had a few calls from people that found out I had left. And they said, where are you? Come open a gate division under me. Like they were general contractors. They were a landscaping company. And I just thought, wow, they can do this. And then there was another message on my phone from support staff from where I was working. And they said, these people are going to file a motion to keep you from starting your own business. And I was like, Oh my gosh, they think I can do this. I was so excited for me. I was just like, you know what? And so at that point I was totally broke. I literally started my business. So I was let go on a Thursday. I had that experience on a Friday and I was incorporated and had my website by the next Wednesday. And I did it with $500 in cash that I kept in the bottom of my dress boots hanging in my closet. Quite literally. And so I was so nervous, but we launched and um, at the time I was engaged. I don't do anything in the field. I like to pretend that I do, but I don't. And so my husband now was a technician and he left the company too shortly after I did. And we were engaged at the time and then a few weeks later got married. So, but what that was, in the schedule anyway so we launched and we went to everybody that we knew that was touching gates that had no business touching gates and we just said subcontract to us Mm -hmm. we'll just we have an unmarked van. we just launched and we had this poor guy that came on had five kids to feed automatically and so we just figured it out he went to work and did or he was doing the subcontracting it was such a little bit of work for a couple of weeks that i was able to schedule and I was able to bill and I was able to get all of the business taxes and everything else all lined up and we both and I was working for another contractor just helping him with his books and um within six weeks we were off and I had to quit that and do this full time
0: wow did you there's so much to follow up on in terms of what you shared I I think my first question is just professionally on the the day that you went in were let go or fired what was the, was there a reason? Like what prompted that if things had gone so well and you moved up so quickly, what happened there that they let you, you go?
1: Know, I'm I'm still really unsure about that. Really? There has been a lot of people that have reached out and said, oh, this was happening in their life and this was happening in their life. And this is what they were making up. And I don't, I don't really know what, what I was given when I was asking about why I was released is one of the, not the owner, the owner's dad who was acting as a CFO at the time or something. I can't remember his position was officially, but he just said, because of this, because you're basically combative or something. I don't know. It was just, it was the most bizarre thing. And I'm really not sure. But um, that day I felt like it was just the most traumatic, like just horrible. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know anything. And it was just the most releasing launching moment That
0: i never would have done on my own right right it was a huge
1: gift huge
0: gift you know it's the way speaking of it as a gift i think is so i mean to your point you said earlier around you could maybe in hindsight but even even so like i think through really difficult challenges there are these gifts and opportunities and how do you use them and how do you take advantage uh, when if you you have to let yourself certainly react and grieve and it's not all lollipops and rainbows. <laughs> At the same time, being able to see it, even a, a shiny opening when things are tough like that or you think you have no out or there's no way, there's always a way. And the fact that for you to have that so immediate, like for you to leave that and then within a day be getting these phone calls and having that affirmation that you were really good at what you were doing and you had already these relationships. That's pretty amazing. It's interesting. Like, do you think given that the position you were in, like in terms of the risk of like, I'm going to take my $500, this is all I have, I have nothing. Like, do you think you were just, you didn't even have too much time to think like where it was like you were just forging ahead or did you really sit down and assess like, here are the risks of owning my own business and here's like, I could just go work for somebody else, right? Like, was there even much of an assessment of that or was it just full steam ahead? You
1: know what? I don't know how much um, you go into this typically in your interviews, but I had been so broken down at that point. I became entrenched in that business and I was a single mom, like I said, with five kids. And so I would get everybody to school and I would run the schedule and I would pick everyone up from school and I'd be closing out the end of the day, constantly on phone calls, making dinner, getting homework done. I'd put the kids spent and I'd go back to work until like one in the morning and do proposals. Like it was crazy what I was doing. And i had done that for so long that I think i had been so broken down that I had nothing to depend on other than my faith. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, I was already to the point where I would start my day out on my knees and say, okay, I can handle this. You handle this. And I, I literally can only survive today. Mm-hmm. And so I think at that point when it happened, it was like, what's our plan? And I totally turned that over. And then as the phone calls came in and said, and then that call of just, they're going to file a motion to try to keep you from starting your own business. Like, I think a lot of people would be angry, but I was so broken and humbled. I had nothing. Mm -hmm. And I had five kids and I was not going to let them down. That was not on the table. That was not in the cards. And I was just like, okay, you know, and I was, I wasn't angry. I was just like, this is another
0: sign that I can do this. These people watch me do this for them. I can do this. How many years were you at the first company? Four. Four. And um, how old were your kids at that time?
1: Oh boy, that was 2012. This is so much math.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm horrible (laughs) at fast math. (laughs)
1: 2012, the girls were 10. So they were between 15 and nine. I had five kids between 15 and nine at that time how 10. they were 10, sorry, 15 and 10.
0: Then you were there for four years. So then they were, it was four years prior that, that you were left to be on your own with, yeah. with all the, man, that is just amazing. And yeah, so I had five kids in elementary school when we got divorced. And your, you talked about your faith. Would you say anything else that Help support you just in terms of your resilience or that fight to continue. I I certainly understand as a mom, this power that sort of comes from nowhere around protecting your kids. Like there's something Mm -hmm. that happens. I don't. It must be um kind of nature, right? Uh, You know, versus (laughs) nurture. (laughs) That there's just certain things that click when when you're, you know, in this role where you have to provide or whatever it is. And so I can totally relate to that. Like this, it's almost intrinsic. You can't really. Um, but I am curious, just, I mean, for that fortitude and the resilience, and I'm sure we'll talk more about this as it relates now. I don't know, you know we can talk a bit about how long your, your business has been in motion now, but it's like even that is its own challenge, right? Running and owning your own business. And there's a lot of things that happen there. So so your faith is a cornerstone. Anything else that you can speak to that helps you be you know, resilient or work through kind of tough situations?
1: I think in that, like looking back at that point, it was the relationships, the established professional relationships. I mean, so I'm in the security kind of slash construction industry, I stick out like a sore thumb and and it's getting different. There are more and more women, but I had four brothers growing up and they were all older. And so I would just trail around with everybody and I would be the bully and all these teenage boys would be throwing hockey (laughs) pucks at me on ice. And I'm like, whatever. Like it just didn't phase me not a bit. And so I think when we, I definitely have had challenges, especially on big, the bigger construction sites where it's just, well, I need to speak with the owner. I need to speak with your boss. I'm like, Hey, that's turns out that's me. And those kind of moments where I just, I feel like the business relationships and the people within the industry that reached out to me when I started that said, you're going to be amazing. You're going to be phenomenal. And I had one um, particular distributor that reached out to me and he said, you have a $10,000 line of credit with me. I don't care what happens. You're going to be great. Let me know what I can do to help you. And to this day, I mean, he's kind of a smaller fish in a bigger pond, but like the support we get from him is priceless. So we pay a little bit more and we get a lot more. And it just has been something that's endured. I've been in business now for nine years.
0: So yeah, that's amazing. Relationships are huge. I think too, you're just... I mean I can feel it like you seem like you have an inherent positivity too like like I can I can do this I can figure it out like is that part of your DNA I
1: think so I think the humility behind it is important mm-hmm. cuz you cuz you get out on these and you start working with customers. And the minute you go, you know what? That's an awesome question. I wanna know that too. Let me find out, cause I definitely know who the people are. Like I have a network, right? Yeah. And, um, and I will get back to you on that word. I'll, I'll nail that down for you, but I can definitely do that. I just need to figure out how and I'll get your price. And they inevitably, they love that. They love that you can say, I don't know. You don't have to pretend.
0: I think that's such a powerful thing that I think as we age, it's such a gift to be able to feel comfortable in saying that. And it's so ironic that the younger you are, the more you feel like you can't say it. And so we're all faking it, right? Thinking we know things that we don't or projecting certain confidences that we don't have. I mean, I'm a little further on in my career and, and I love being able to say, I don't know. And I love being able to, to your point around, you don't have to have all the answers. And in fact, people appreciate the opportunity to build consensus and they appreciate the opportunity to be able to partner and collaborate and I think there's a there's a myth out there that you need to to know everything in order to be valuable and I think there's there's a lot that space to grow there and if you if we could like somehow port that knowledge and and experience you know to to younger people I think it would be it would be like easier paths for people.
1: (laughs) Well the other thing I think that the younger people, especially now that I have a twenty four year old, right? And a twenty two year old and a twenty one or twenty year old. Anyway, like I'm just looking at these kids and they don't they're missing the value of connection. They're missing the value of networking. Like true networking, not just texting, not LinkedIn, and all those things are powerful, but that's a platform to take that to the next level. It's a platform to learn and to grow and to connect, but the connections just seem to be disappearing. And the other thing that I've noticed too from hiring younger people is just their ability to advocate and communicate.
0: It's just Mm. like dwindling.
1: It's really sad because if you're not going to be able to
0: advocate for yourself, who will be? Right. Oh my gosh, Anna! You're gonna have to be a part of TFA in some capacity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like you're doing a PSA for us right now. You don't even realize it, because that's what I'm all about. It's I'm all about trying to help people communicate more effectively and and really these soft skills, right? Which we'll talk about in a little bit. But I think there's so much that is sadly being lost, right? I think there's something generational that's happening, and there's hope. Like I think we there's a lot we can do to help them, but it's 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 becoming a lost art. I feel like. Um, in some respects, um, so you talked a little bit about hiring, and I, ironically, that was on my list was just tell me about uh, what you look for in talent, and particularly, so i'm I'm actually doing some consulting work right now for a smaller company. They're about fifty people, and they're in a major growth mode, so they're hiring a lot of people. and I think mm-hmm. what I'm noticing, you know, when you start to scale or you're you're at that inflection point where you you need you have way more work than you have people and so it accelerates that process whereas before you have enough time to evaluate and really look at your candidates and, and have consensus and hiring and then there's this inflection point and things start to really rev up and maybe you're not as careful and then you start to have employee issues because you weren't as careful on the front end. so i'm you know for doing this now 14 years plus maybe some change, like what, what are some of the lessons you've learned in that space and how do you assess for your talent to make sure you're getting good talent and then retaining that talent? I know that's like maybe not an easy one or two sentence answer, but curious of some of your experience with that. Relatable is sponsored by Teresa Freeman Associates, your one-stop shop for soft skills development, speaking, coaching, and workshops. If you'd like to hire Teresa, visit www.teresafreemanassociates.com for more information.
1: You hit literally on my biggest weakness. (laughs) hiring has been hard for me. It's not natural because I see everybody. I'm like, you could be awesome. And what I'm taking away is they, sometimes they don't want to be, sometimes they're comfortable and sometimes they're not going to grow. And I don't, I don't do an awesome job. So what I've noticed is I don't do an awesome job on that. And I hired somebody who does, and I'm learning constantly. I'm learning about, um, asking questions like, tell me about a time when you, you know, and, and all of these different yeah. ways that I had no idea about before where I would just, you know, look at their resume, say, Do you want to work, how much you want. You know, it's just, it's just a whole different way of interviewing is trying to get to know somebody first. The other thing is that I've done really terribly in hiring is I've let people stay too long when it wasn't a good fit for them or for us. I think the, the one thing that I can say is when I look back on hiring, it's within our networks. So not just my network of people that I know, but within my team's networks. And as they've reached out, it's interesting. I had, um, my youngest is seven now. And so in the middle of all of this, I had a baby. And so now I have six kids. And so I had Lincoln, my youngest at a center and I ended up hiring. I know this was a no, no, but I ended up hiring his teacher privately. And I ended up, going and you know you get to know these people so well that take care of your kids and i ended up hiring her husband to run a huge construction project where we added a third lane not just a gate like we put in the whole lane and everything else because he knew ground he knew how to do all that Uh, and so and then he ended up learning so much about the gates it was nice and he just came on board so and he's been priceless but that's nobody i would have you know gotten if i posted on indeed And then he's brought on two people that are probably for lifers. And so it just is really not shutting down your own network. I think because you draw people to you that are like-minded just naturally, and then they have their own people. Um, that does get tricky because when it doesn't work out and they're within somebody's network, it can get a little yucky. And that's where internal communication and being really direct, and learning how to have directness and direct communication as our as a value within our organization is really important because otherwise that can really deplete you too. So it's, it's, you've just gotta be really careful and purposeful about that.
0: We've been talking a lot at this organization around, we're doing some milestone training for new leaders. And we've talked a lot about this concept of, you know, when you have to, when you're faced with the first time or having to tell someone that they're not meeting your expectations, it's really hard and if you don't have the right language and I, I think the thing i would tell people is the more direct and and the more honest you are with respect so it's a res- it's always based in respect but but mm-hmm. being direct and straightforward when you start to package things or when you start to try to Dilute the message is when you get into trouble, even though it feels like that's the kinder thing to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that
1: authenticity, that message, yeah, you just,
0: Um, yeah. And then if you if you're known for someone that is consistently that way, people know that it's not personal or it's not person specific because you are always you build your reputation of being like very straightforward and very direct both like in observing great behavior and great performance. And then also when things aren't quite working out, you know, there's yeah. it's it's definitely it's tough, though it's it's one of those things that I think prevents a lot of people from be, being going from like an individual contributor. It's 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 really comfortable being an individual contributor. And it's nice to just stay in that space and that jump to being a leader, I think not everybody's cut out for it. Not everybody you know, should be doing it. But but if you do want to do it, there's definitely growing pains, I think, with that.
1: Well, and, and that is so true, especially with owning my own business. That was one of the first pain things that I had to figure out is how do I give corrective feedback and how do I do that well? And it was so uncomfortable for me. <laughs> and it's so uncomfortable for anyone at first until yeah. you realize you're giving them a gift. And until you realize you're saving their career and until you realize that you're helping them grow as a person and then it becomes exciting and then you can step back and really learn how to do that well. And that is finally somewhere I'm at. And then that whole idea that you touched on of becoming an individual contributor to a leader, manager, director, like these are really exciting. This is a career path now, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just get super excited about it because if you can get through that shift of this is uncomfortable to how exciting is this? I'm going to, we're going to help each other grow here. I don't know. It's just, but it is, it's that it's a block. It's a mental because it's
0: uncomfortable. And that's where growth happens. How many people do you have in your company now? 16, 16. And one of the things you said before, which you didn't talk too much about, but I am curious, do you think that being a woman in your industry is something that works for you in that, you are unique, right? in In a certain industry that doesn't have a lot of women. You said it's changing a bit, and then I and I would ask you juxtaposed to: Is it still, and has it been a struggle? So just being, you know, it is uh, International Women's Month, right? <laughs> so, but I am curious. You know, it's funny. I'll, I'll just for a minute, like be, because I started uh, my professional career in the late '90s. Um, There was still in a fairly male dominated industry, but certainly like pro female in terms of it was professional services. So it was in the corporate space and there was a lot of, and people was our product and I was an HR person. So in terms of that, like there was a lot there going for me in terms of having sort of, I would say, um, built in credibility, just given the role at the same time, it was, it was still like was pushing up against some of that perceived knowledge that we're not quite good enough and I certainly didn't carry the flag. I was more of a I can do things as well as anyone else and I'm just going to be in my lane and do my thing and do the best that I can do and I'm not really going to be overly active in sort of the women's initiative community. Like I'm just going to kind of do my thing and and obviously now I mean, that's changed. My my position on that has changed. I think I'm more comfortable with it. I obviously, before I went out on my own, had big teams and would talk a lot about women in leadership and and all sorts of things. But I'm curious in your industry how you have felt about that and and maybe if it's been a plus for you because of the gifts that you have to, to your point around the relationship building and some of the things that you're bringing to the table that maybe other people don't.
1: Uh, I think it depends on the project, and it depends on the customer. Mm. So we do um, a lot of embassy work, and there are just certain embassies where you're dealing with people, and it's a culture, and that's okay. It doesn't offend me, and maybe that's because I've heard way too many jokes and grown up with brothers, and I'm like, that's not really that they hate women, its that's kind of funny. And maybe my skin is too thick, but it definitely depends on the day. And there are times where I think being a woman has worked in my favor. There are a lot of programs out there that, you know, I have my economically disadvantaged, woman owned business and my woman owned, small woman owned business, um, set aside, So it works for you. But I think what really sets you aside is how you carry yourself, how you present yourself, how knowledgeable you are and your network. I've definitely had those days where I leave somewhere thinking, Hey, I probably shouldn't have gone there by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that was gross. That was yucky. And and trying to figure out how to see those things up front has become something because I'm, as we're growing, I don't want to put team members in those positions. Right. And so there are just certain things where we've got to come up with kind of an algorithm, if you will, um, about like, no, you don't go there alone or you go together. If it's a, you know, if it's a residential and it's just two people or something, you know, because I've put myself in those positions where, it didn't feel safe even. But as far as presenting to customers and in industry in general, I think I stick out because I'm a girl. But I think I, I like that I stick out more because I tend to be knowledgeable. I have a really strong network. And I want to get things done the right way the first time. And in construction, you don't always get that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that. I agree that there are... Regardless of your demographic and the relationships that you have, a network or, or anything that might give you a leg up or a leg down, so to speak, depending on the situation, you know, your ability to perform and produce and to do things well, ultimately, I think... Outshines the rest of it, and and that might be a little bit of a Pollyanna view. Like I'm sure there's a lot of people that would say I'm a really hard worker and I produce, and I'm still not treated equitably and fairly, and that that could be true. I just know for myself that ultimately, eventually, it really pays off, and and you figure out a way. Particularly around what you, your comments around you attract like-minded people, and I I would take that a step further to say maybe you know like-minded I don't even think you use the term like-minded I think I did but it's it's more about you you're attracting people kind of at your frequency right that can that are as motivated as you are or as um, you know I think the diversity of thought is so important and bringing in sort of lots of different ways to to look at things and for people to uh, evaluate things but I do think like that frequency of where you're operating is what you attract and Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to do a lot more about that now and in, in, in my space of like manifesting, like what, what is it that, you know, I, I want to attract and spiritually and otherwise that then hopefully gets you to keep moving the needle forward on the things you're trying to accomplish. Yeah.
1: And one more thing on that too, yeah. is I find that if I get a little pushback or if I'm feeling like, uh, they don't, they're not super into the fact that I'm a girl and I do this, it makes me want to do better. It makes me want that project a little bit more because I want to crush it. And I want that to be a moment where they can grow. I want them to realize like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I don't have to necessarily have these blinders on. Maybe I, I open someone's horizons or widen their horizons a little bit more. And that is an amazing thing because I think that's how people change. It's gonna be a little bit at a time. It's gonna be exposure. It's gonna be really good experiences.
0: Yeah, for sure. Tell me a little bit about your feelings, and this may seem like kind of a weird shift or segue, but I'm curious, given the line of work that you're in, um I have a junior in high school right now so the whole college thing is upon us right and I've actually talked to Missy quite a bit about having we have a variety of people on this podcast that like all walks of life and all different types of roles and people that are college educated and some that aren't and I think not everybody is suited for college and not everybody has to go to college to be successful and I think part of that equation and recipe is knowing who you are and doing some self-reflecting and and figuring out and given you're in the construction or aligned to construction right and there's a lot of opportunities out there for people to follow a trade and be very successful right there's not just the one path of you know you, you have and i think college now is somewhat overvalued and it's too expensive and does the degree really translate to to income, you know, particularly, I hate to say it, in some of the, like, liberal arts, right, which I, I mean, I was a liberal arts major, so, I mean, I love being a liberal arts major, but I do think there's different conversations happening now, and and I think your path, I'd be interested, I know, you know, you didn't go to college and look at how successful you are, but then also you have kids, and so just tell me a little bit about your perspective on that, and just what you see, like, I think you have a vantage point, given Mm -hmm. the talent you're hiring, into this space that maybe you could share that i think could be really helpful to our audience
1: there's kind of three different ways i can look at this right because my experience was i didn't go to college but i do have some college classes and the college classes that i have absolutely every single one of them 110 percent have impacted how i run my business and if i didn't have those it would have been very hard for me to start my business and i had Four classes, So I can look at it that way of going, anything you do is great and anything you do will help edify you and become stronger and you'll get something out of that discipline if it's nothing else. So there's that, right? Right. And then there's the, I'm a mom and I've worked really hard, really, really stinking hard to make sure my kids had opportunities. And I have encouraged them all to go to school go to college and willing to help them with that as long as i can and i've encouraged them to do that even though it was very hard my second i've really fought my kids coming on board and having anything to do with my company because part of it it almost killed me it has been so so much and and that's right not too many people launch a business with five kids going through a nasty divorce having another kid like it's been crazy But my second came on and he was working for us while he was going to Nova before he transferred to a university. And he did so amazing. And in fact, I hope he doesn't ever listen to this because I really think that he might come back and and own this one day or be part of it in a big way. But he's looking at law school now. And if I wouldn't have held held, um, to my guns and made him go off and get his degree, he never would have even thought about that. So wherever that goes, that takes him, but it's his own path. And I think going to college and, and if you can have that, and if you can, even if you're at home or whatever your situation is um, living, it gives you ideas to look up. It gives you, do I want that? It gives you exposure to a lot of different things to kind of choose your own path and be drawn there and then drive yourself. But then I have like this third, third angle of looking at it where I own my own business and we're in a trade. And my husband's a certified welder. He went to welding school. He dropped out of high school actually. And he is extremely successful. He's brilliant, almost on a scary level. And he, he encourages our kids all the time. Like our son that's thinking about law school can definitely weld. He can, he can run a crew, he can. So it's, I think it's more about what you're putting into your basket as opposed to actual degree. Mm -hmm. And with our own employees, I really, really push them. And I actually sit on an advisory board at UCPI, which is a trade school. And it's an amazing trade school. You can get a degree in two and a half years and work. It's just a fabulous opportunity. And I encourage them. And a lot of them are resilient. And especially the younger they are, they're more resilient to go. And I'm willing to pay for it. I'm willing to invest in you. And you just have to go. And I get a lot of pushback. And I think, again, what's concerning to me is that I see more people that don't launch right after high school being more resilient to launching or investing in themselves ever. And that, and that's my hesitation behind it. And it's not that I'm like pro college, everyone should go whatever, because I absolutely agree. It's not for everyone and not, not everyone's going to be successful, no matter how much you incentivize them. We have, you know, you've seen the parents, you'll get a Jeep when you graduate or whatever. (laughs) And really, I just want you to be self-sufficient and get off the payroll at some point. But (laughs) but it's about these, these young people realizing, Hey, I think a lot of it is self-worth. Is like I'm worth it the confidence to show up and walk into a classroom with 20 strangers I don't I don't know what the blocks are but um it's been really hard for me to get the the younger people to really engage and want to go to school or want to progress and I'm like I need you to have a degree so I can put on my capability statement do you get this <laughs> but really it's adding value to themselves and yeah. and I always play you know when we do our reviews I always say look if Logic closes its doors tomorrow. It's my job to make sure you launch into a better career. And so if I'm not helping you, I'm failing you. So yeah. what are we going to do to help you keep progressing? And and so in, in looking at, I want to be really careful not to say college isn't important, but it's really the experience of don't graduate high school and then get a job and stop right. because that's <laughs> when like starts. start. And I think so I, it's that mixed message that I, I really want to be careful about sending of I definitely don't think everyone needs to go to college. I definitely don't think everyone needs a degree, but don't stop.
0: Yeah. If you'd like to advertise with Relatable, please email us at info at for sure. And I think the idea that some of it, I think is confidence, like people to, to your point earlier, like you're just, you don't even know what you can do. And I think the other big thing that I struggle with a bit, and I've had some controversial conversations. I mean, that's being dramatic, but di- people having different points of view on, on this podcast around discomfort and how I am a big believer that being uncomfortable is critical to growth Like, I think it's just, it's just part of it. And, you know, some of us have had, like you've talked about in your life and I certainly had in my life, like some dysfunction and difficulties that force that discomfort in a way that maybe I would not want to repeat for my children. (laughs) At the same time, being uncomfortable and realizing you can get out of it through your own means and your own abilities, there's nothing like it. So for Mm -hmm. you to go and take that job and thrive in that job there's something and you talked about how much you love work well it's because it gives back to you this immediate gratification that you're good at something and i think that uncomfortable, you know you wouldn't have you would you were very uncomfortable before you took that job and i just think there's just pushing to your what you said earlier around you know that people are resilient resistant it's like is that really about being uncomfortable is that a confidence issue and just pushing through that because then what's on the other side whether it's a degree or a trade or, you know, whatever that thing is, kind of being able to go through that.
1: Well, and I think as I've really sat back, and this is going to be on the, on the line of controversial, I'm afraid, but Bring I, it. As, I look, as I look at parents these days and myself included, letting your children fail or be failed isn't what we do. Yeah. And so to say, you know, you, you need to do this and it's okay to be uncomfortable, that needs to start when they're little. I mean, that needs to be a character building exercise. So I just, I think too many parents swoop in and save them from being a little uncomfortable or not just saying, okay, you can do this. And when you're done, I'm going to be here and we're going to hang out and watch a movie or like connect, you know, the connection that comes after a scary moment of I don't have to do this alone, but I can do this. Me, I can do this, but I'm not alone. And it's that balance of letting them fail, but also that they're going to succeed because they have
0: you and they have, they have it. They're yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's, I know it's so tricky. Hopefully I joke all the time that like, I'm like, should we be putting money in the bank now for therapy later? Cause for all the things that I'm not doing right, <laughs> you know, it's like, who knows what it's going to be. I'm sure it'll be something that, you yes. know, we could have done better, but we're just doing our best right with yes. what we have for sure. Yeah. And so did our parents. Yeah. Yeah. Not perfect either. But yeah. The best. So I have a couple more questions. I, I'm interested, and I'm trying to think of the best way to ask this. So, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, what advice, either through your own challenges of, of running your own business, I, I'm curious, what are some of the key lessons, and maybe we've talked about them a little bit, but that you've learned that you would say to someone going into business, they're you're starting their own business or even, you know, even within big businesses, you can almost have your own small business, right? Depends on what the structure is. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the lessons that you learned that if, if you were going to sit down and talk to me and say, okay, you know, for you to be successful or for you to kind of uh, miss the minds that I sort of dropped in because I didn't know enough or something that I could do maybe to learn more, what? What would you suggest or what would your advice be just, you know, from a, running a business and just being successful in business?
1: And I, a disclaimer is that you did not pay me to say this, but um, I had a really good business coach, mm. really good. And it was an ability to pick up the phone and say, this situation is awkward. I love this employee. I need him to stay. I want him to stay. I know it's best for him to stay, but we're at this point what do I do? And just like that is so high level compared to what I've had exposure to my whole life that it was just like, well, this is what you've done. How have you done this? And it was interesting because my coach also supplemented with like um, Entree Leadership and Dave Ramsey's program and things like that, that just when you have to have a master's in business, but you have already 10 hours too short in a day, it's like, what do you do, right? It's the crash course and you have a live lab. And so I think definitely a coach is mm-hmm. so worth it. And it's hard when you're starting out, cause you're like, well, that's not really in the budget, but it's not, not in the budget. You can't not do that. Um, you need to have somebody outside to look in and to help you, help you, help you grow because you're taking on your own business is, is nonstop, uncomfortable and growth. So I think that would be my first thing that came to mind. Mm-hmm. My second thing is just, um, take care of yourself. I really didn't do a great job of that. So, but I think that happens, right? Motherhood
0: and womanhood and humanhood. And,
1: you know, it's just a thing. We forget about ourselves and we can't do that.
0: Yeah, I love not just coaching, but I think you've even mentioned it before with recruiting and acquisition, Mm -hmm. recognizing where your gaps are in hiring or seeking mentorship or, being resourceful asking for help you know those are all things that i think have this weird stigma and shouldn't and it only makes you better which then leads me to another question just given and maybe it hinges a bit on taking care of yourself would you say at this point given the maturity of your business and also where you are are there any things you do regularly on a daily basis like habits or rituals or things that you find help you to be successful that that's just more like tactical? I mean, it seems um, like you're naturally curious and you're learning a lot. It seems like you're you're always just a lot of what you've mentioned throughout this conversation is like you're getting smart on things and, and educating yourself. Anything else that you would add to that a few years ago
1: I realized I think the business was five years old and I realized I've done awesome and I've gotten this to where I've seen it done before but better and I don't know how to grow Mm -hmm. I don't know what that looks like I don't know how to do that and one thing that I did really well is in our industry one fault that you'll hear over and over and over again is people putting guys in trucks that don't belong in trucks and there's nothing more frustrating than getting a service call and somebody just finally shows up and then they can't really fix it. Cause they don't know what they're doing. So I've really controlled growth because I am a quality oriented person and I can't, I cannot, I could not do that. So it's controlled growth, but needing to grow. We've never mm. been able to keep up with the work that we have. And I, before this year, we're finally doing our website again, and we've had zero budgeting dollars for marketing. We just can't. And and I know that's a really great place to be. I know people dream about that. But a few years ago, when I realized I didn't know what the next step looks like, I um, reached out and I started networking and I found a really amazing CEO. And he came on, he moved here from Detroit, and he's just been awesome. He's the one, he's really sat me down and said, okay, this is how you give corrective feedback. And this is how you do these things. And he's been with bigger organizations and he saw what we were doing here and believed in it. And he's here to coach and he's here to really, we actually acquired our first um, kind of bolt on business last year. We signed actually a year ago today.
0: And um,
1: of course, right before uh, Corona, right. It was the week, but it was exciting because the guy that he negotiated that deal with was, was just somebody phenomenal that I never, I was doing the background work and i was saying, yes, no, yes, no type of a thing. But he knew how to look at numbers and he knew how to negotiate that. And so I think you get to a point where you realize you need somebody bigger and who knows more than you. And that's so powerful. It's so great to be like, can you read this contract? I remember I used to have to do that. <laughs> it's amazing, and to know that he knows more of the language about it, and that's just being handled. Yeah, awesome. And it's great. helped me grow. It's and it's helped everybody around us can tell that I've grown.
0: So that's awesome. All right, two more. The first is on the soft skills front. So I would ask. Uh, or I, I would, I'm asking. <laughs> if you had to think about in your industry, what are the two soft skills uh, that you think are most critical? And when I talk about soft skills, I'm talking about influence, collaboration, presentation, communication. You know, I, I, My belief is that there's people that work so hard on the technical aspect of what they do, whatever that is. Can you know such a wide range, but then this stuff that we've talked a little bit about already is really uh, underdeveloped. So for you, and what you're seeing, what are the one or two skills that you would like to see more development on? And you- oh
1: man, communication. Yeah. So if you, so one of our big things is I want the technicians call the customer a half hour out. So when they're about a half an hour out, they call the customer, they check in with the customer, they check out with the customer, right? And the amount of stress that that causes some of these guys who are brilliant, they could do anything. And they just like, just the simple skills, eye contact, when you're talking to someone, Teresa, like, I cannot make this stuff up. And I just am like, you are an amazing person. Like, just believe it. Just look up, just. Yeah. And I just don't understand. It's not just something that we have culturally here that we're working on. This is the whole generation. This is multiple generations right now. And and you see it coming in. And so I would say communication on all levels. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what, but it seems really like no one's really teaching how to write anymore either. Yeah, it's bizarre to me because I know that they're doing papers, but it does grandma does not matter. And yeah, I have six kids and I could ask them, but I'm sure I'm not involved in their academics. I don't prove their papers. Usually I'm, I'm just at a loss of how we're dealing with life right now because of what I'm seeing hiring and just in the world and then it's it's just social cues especially around that daggone device it's knowing that when you're at work you you're not on your phone all the time you can be away from it in fact it can be in the truck and you can be 10 feet away for like an hour even and that's just younger people that have come on or that we're experiencing working with it's just and there's heavy machinery going around them this isn't it's not even a safe thing but it's almost like they're totally in a different world so I think those are the two things and I'm super being dramatic about it but there have been times where I just am like you know that that was an electric fence that we were just checking out and you're literally texting
0: yep yeah <laughs> like that?
1: this is not okay and that was an employee of mine That was somebody who's working at this facility it yeah. was just. It was, But the things you see, I don't know that people necessarily understand that we're starting to be a heads down group of people.
0: Yeah. That just leads me to another question really quick about in your organization, people that have thrived, that have been successful, that have moved up. What are some of the things that you spot that you see, oh, you've got great potential to move up and to have, and by that, I mean earning potential, right? Ultimately, moving up means bigger dollars, right? So to kind of connect those dots maybe I'm unfairly drawing the connection, but I, w- I suspect there's a communication component to it, or maybe there's some other intangibles there.
1: There's communication. And one of the things that I'll notice really early on is if somebody comes in and says, do you have a minute? I'm like, oh yeah, someone's about to tell me something. I didn't know. <laughs> and I love that because then uh, I can also coach them of, hey, can you go talk to them about that for me? Like, that's how we deal with that here. If you see it and you're like, hey, I'm not sure that this is safe, we say something. And, and it's so powerful and it's way more powerful for me. Trust me. I'm like white noise at this point. And so giving them, you know, like challenging them to go and they're like, are you serious? I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that's how we do it. That's how we do things here. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so the other line I, I like is just like, we don't do that here. Mm -hmm. And then you're just quiet. (laughs) And I've seen our guys, you know, that's leading through the organization. It's interesting how quickly that comes on. But the things that really pop up are if they can come in and say, hey, do you have a minute and be even confident enough or serve enough to come to my door. It shouldn't seem like that big of a deal, but it is. Yeah. And if that happens, and then if when I roll out, hey, um, registrations coming up. Who wants to be in school this semester? How can I help you? Do you guys want feedback on where I see you guys going the most, or who wants to sign up? And we'll just have a chat really quick and figure out this or that. And anyone that steps forward, I just—they're launching. They're launching themselves. Yeah. And um, we've got one guy that just got his um, masters. He's a master's in masters or. Uh, master electrician now, and he's been working on it. I've watched him. He and I worked together for years and years, and I've just watched him grow. And now he's making that shift into individual contributor to leader, and he's on that track. But that's gonna be a job for me because we're so close. And I finally feel comfortable enough to start giving him that feedback to help him give feedback. And that's just super exciting.
0: It's really fun seeing people thrive and grow. and be successful when they start to sort of recognize their own gifts there's like there's really nothing quite like it like you see it in your kid like you can see it if you have kids and you see your kid do well at something there's that and then it's very similar uh professionally when you have that it's just like it's such a great feeling I, I would say I would even argue more so than your own success like just being mm-hmm. able to see that and feel it it's it's so rewarding that but, is your success I think yeah you know? yeah for sure. Yeah. So as you uh think now back on you know your life and all these different like pivots and turns and do you have any advice that you would give your young self is there anything that you would say to her that would help make this path any easier
1: you No, know, I don't really. Yeah. I think all of the hard things really made me who I was and I'm really grateful for that because I've seen my kids step back and say That was pretty amazing. And they're all extremely resilient. Yeah. I've got a kid that's doing door-to-door sales for the summer, and he's crushing it. And I'm like, how do you do that? How do you go up and knock on a door just to hear no, like, 50 times to every one? You are crazy. But he's just like, oh, it's awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't, don't, yeah. So I I can't relate.
1: I I don't know. So they all amaze me. Um, and so I think just, I don't know that, I, just that whole like, don't lose yourself. I mm-hmm. think that's the biggest thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it just sounds like to uh, your ability to seek the right help and get the right people, both coach, and then you talked about the CEO, and then you talked about acquisition. Like, I just think that's such a huge gift. And to the earlier you understand that uh, when you're working professionally, it's one of those things that can give you great return um, yeah. if you do it right, you know. Is there anything that you would like to say just about pointing people to Gate Logic or any like is you have your website you set us up like anything around your business or your services?
1: I think just that we are awesome and quality oriented. Yeah. People and if that seems like a good fit, we'd love to do business with you. And especially, we'd love to talk to you about employment. If there are any people looking for that, young yep. people especially that are coming out of high school or anything like that. Not that I prefer them, just that yeah. if, you know this is targeted towards that. Yeah. So I think that would be it.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much. This is yeah. such a pleasure, and it's great to meet you. uh Everything that Missy said, you definitely held up.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna pay her well. <laughs>
0: yeah right amazing thank you shanna amazing and inspiring what a fantastic story i love that you pushed yourself when it felt uncomfortable and it allowed for the success you are experiencing today. I was moved by your statement that regardless of your business or what your business is about, it's the people and the development of people that really matters. I appreciate your perspective and guidance about going to college. So much great advice and insight in this conversation. Thank you to Missy for producing this episode and thank you to our relatable community and listeners. We're so thankful for your support and listenership. If you get a moment, please subscribe to the Relatable podcast. Rate us and leave comments. We can be found on your favorite listening platform. Relatable is sponsored by Teresa Freeman Associates. You can follow us on Twitter and the TFA Facebook page. Until next time, this is Teresa Freeman with Relatable. Stay connected.